You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So there's an old quote here, Dante Scarnecchi. I don't know if any of you know who he is, right, but... It- I think we're at a point here as an organization, as a staff, where, you know, made me think of this. He says, you got to take the people that we've been given and you got to get the most out of them. Um, you got to get them to play at the highest level possible. That's what we all strive for. Um, and I, th- I think that we're kind of at that point here. We have who we have, right? And we're going to start working with this group of players. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up at MyBookie. Use our promo code this Super Bowl weekend. Use promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar and bet on all those Super Bowl prop bets. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Gators going from Phase 1 to Phase 2 of Billy Napier's plan. We'll talk about it right here on Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Right here, midday episode. That's when we're recording right here on a Friday. I know surprise a little bit of you out there, but hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. few of you watching live out there on YouTube right now. Uh, if you're listening to that podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, leave us a review, rate us five stars. All that really helps us get out there in front of Gator Nation right here on Gators Breakdown. So, yeah. Got a Billy Napier press conference right here, going from phase one to phase two, describing all that good stuff. But let's take a look back at those eight phases right quick under Billy Napier. The foundation phase, just phase. That's what Florida just got done with. You know, this is the eight phases of culture under Billy Napier. Foundation phase out of the way. Now transitioning to the identity phase. That'll lead into spring football, then the discretionary period, of course. But the, uh, um, Identity, spring ball, that's where we're at right now. And the identity phase, all hands on deck, full army. That's what Billy Napier described this as. Everybody is involved here, all the way from quality control to the analyst, the staff, 
head coach himself as well, about a four-week process. We'll hear Billy Napier's thoughts on that too. But, of course, transitions in the spring ball uh, and got our spring uh, – when you already know when spring the spring game is, April 16th. Now Billy Napier told us when spring practice will start uh, as well. Then next comes the discretionary phase. That's when players will be taking their exams after spring football to finish the spring semester, go home for a couple weeks. Then they'll get back to campus, go through the regimen phase, summer one, summer two programs there. Then the rest, pretty much self-explanatory, training camp, in-season, post-season. Specific plans for each phase. So what is the plan for phase two? Coach Napier summarizes it. Uh, we're moving into phase two, the identity program. Uh, it's 25 days total. It's 23 days prior to spring break and then two days once we get back. And, you know, I think we're trying to really want the players to have a 100% focus and attack the work, right? Uh, we kind of define this for the players, right? Identity is the qualities and beliefs. Uh, that make a group different than other people. It's a combination of um, conditioning, right? It's a, you're creating a certain toughness. Um, it's not just physical toughness, but it's mental toughness. I think that's the important part. Uh, but really, the self-discipline of the player, right? What he eats, what, is he hydrated, the sleep component. Um, I think it challenges the attitude of the player, the body language of the player, um, self-talk. Um, I think that we have an opportunity to develop some leadership on our team. Um, you know, I think that they get in positions where they got to choose what they're going to say, you know, um, and ultimately it gives our staff, the, the coaches, an opportunity to model what we would expect from the players from a leadership standpoint. There we go. Billy Napier right there letting us know about phase two. It's physical. It's mental. He has said this is the toughest phase in building the team right here. So these guys are about to about to really, really go through it here with Billy Napier, learn about the culture uh, that, that, that they're about to bring. Because look, they've only been around pretty much the strength staff pretty much, not in the interaction with the coaching staff. We'll get to that in just a sec. Not a second. Not much interaction with the head man himself. Been around just a, the, the, the uh, strength and conditioning staff. Now they're around everybody. This is, like I said, Everybody gets involved at this phase of Billy Napier's plan. So now it gets ramped up. It, it, it gets a little bit tougher physically, mentally, toughest phase right now in building this football team. So that's uh, uh, what you really look forward to and what he ended there with, with leadership. We know this team, going back to last year, had some leadership problems, had some leadership issues on this team. You didn't know once Ventrell Miller went down on defense and then once you had the issues at the quarterback position, where were you turning for leadership on this Florida football team? when they're out there on the field struggling. So, look, this is – you've had some workouts so far to kind of build the foundation a bit. Now it transitions into this very, very tough mental, physical part here uh, that Billy Napier's bringing to the table. Maybe some leadership starts emerging right there. All right, so now uh, we'll move on to uh, the approach. You know, what is the approach that they're going to be taking as they transition from phase one and get phase two started? trying to recreate the game you know one rep equals one play uh, we don't necessarily want to have a survival approach right we want to try to uh, we don't want to pace ourselves right we want to really uh, 
you know, prepare ourselves to play our brand of football, and that's to play with, you know, fanatical effort. Fanatical effort. I like that one. <laughs> we got some scared money, make money shirts and stuff out there. Maybe now uh, fanatical effort. Maybe we'll get that one out there too. But uh, look, some design difficulty here. As I mentioned, you know, how hard it is. But look, I love that response there uh, from Billy Napier. You know, this is not survival mode. I, I love hearing that. You know, you go out there, you dictate. You don't be dictated out there you control what happens when you're out there on the field and that starts with kind of building this you know foundation uh up right here in this in this tough physical uh mentally mentally and physically tough part of uh of building the program you know you control what happens on the field by playing your brand of football you know how many times did we hear last season especially on the offensive side of the ball well the defense dictated what we were trying to do on offense and, and, and yes you know football and and and, and Certain situations of the game, are, yeah, they're dictated by numbers and, and how a team plays you. But there are times you just have to go play your brand of football. Go do what you want to do. Control the game how you want to control the game. Don't play into to how the opponent wants you to play. If you need to line up versus a stack box and run, have the ability to do so. Be prepared to do that. If you're on defense, again, opponent wants to run the same run counterplay over and over again. No, you stop it. You know, you don't let them dictate the game. You go out there and dictate it. You control the game. So put yourself in position to do what you want to do, play by play. And that's kind of the mental approach here, as you heard Billy Napier say right there. So, I, I, like I said, I, I kind of like that um, that approach to this. Is, you know, it's play by play. We're going to do what we want to do. We're, we're, you know, this is not survival instinct. No, no, we're going we're gonna to control. We're going to control this. So like, I, I really like that approach there. So now, you know, phase two comes preparation for the next stage. The one stage we're all really looking forward to because we've missed some spring football. We haven't really got to see our Gators. We got to see some videos last year. I haven't got to see them in person. We get the spring game this year. But what Florida's doing right now, starting today on this Friday, leads into the next phase for the Gators spring football. We're trying to build momentum towards spring practice. Um, you know, we start position meetings today, right? It's a part of it. Um, you know, each one of these 15 days, we'll have a position meeting. You know, we'll start implementing some football uh, into what we do. You know, and it's kind of part of that transition into spring practice, which will start March the 15th. There you go. March 15th. We got our day. Spring practice starts right there. So about a month before the spring football game, we get spring practice starting. Hopefully some of them will be open. Um, Napier didn't say anything uh, with that there. Uh, I wasn't able to make it to the press conference today, but <laughs> I would probably have followed up and asked, hey, any of these will be open for us with fans, for the media. We'd love to be there. Uh, so hopefully uh, that, that we'll get some word on that. But uh, here we go. Yeah, 15 sessions of this identity phase. And the big thing I took away from that, position meetings will be happening in all of them. As I said, there's been very, very little uh, meetings, very, very little interaction with players and their position coaches, players and the coaching staff. Look, we, they, they're finally getting to football for the first time now. And, you know, Billy Napier's, what, 70 days on the job or whatever, somewhere, somewhere around that. So, and if you listen to the last Gators Breakdown episode and or the last Gator Collective Twitter Spaces event, you know, I, I asked those guys. You know, we had Trey Dean, we had Justin Shorter, we had Keon Zipper on about, you know, what they know about their offense, what they know about their defense, how they'll fit in 
And they said, you know, not much because the interaction hasn't been there. Uh, and it was going to start in this phase. So, you know, of course, they went back and, as I asked them, they went back and watched YouTube videos. They went back and watched the bowl game. They went back and did their own little research of how they'll fit in now. But now, you know, of course, I'm sure they've had some light conversation. But now they're getting to the football. They're getting to the meat of it with the staff, something they haven't been able to do yet. Uh, so, you know, four days a week right now. And as Coach Napier said, to build a momentum for spring practice. And you know, the first half of this phase right here Billy Napier has said and he said it on Steve Russell's show last week when he, he was talking to Steve Russell that this is probably the most difficult and challenging thing we do in the entire year from a mental and physical toughness standpoint trying to create those intangibles trying to create that leadership it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough for those guys Florida needs to create some leadership we know we know that there's some guys we can point to as I mentioned Ventro Miller uh, right there you have uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Justin Shorter, as we talked to the other night. Trey Dean on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Britton Cox on the defensive side of the ball. Some experienced guys that, in, that Florida's going to be able to now point to, create, go to. Now, those, some of those transfers, Osiris Torrance. Thank you. He's going to have to be a leader along that offensive line, knowing this offense, knowing this culture, being able to spread it out among everybody else. So, I mean – I think you, you, you can pinpoint where some leaders are. Maybe some new ones will emerge. Uh, but, you know, this new culture will start building some new leaders as well. Uh, so, Napier did say, you know, they really work on the integrity of each player, the togetherness of the team, the effort, the discipline, the toughness. Create that identity. That's what they are doing in this phase, the identity phase. So, there you go. There's your look from uh, from phase one, the foundation, to now phase two, the identity. Everybody knows what's ahead of them. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad now that we, we're starting now to, to, because of just the way college football is, the way the NCAA breaks it up now, starting to get to some football now. You know, safeties will know how they're going to be used. Wide receivers know how they're going to be used. Uh, the running game, every, every aspect of it now, these guys are going to start getting these football meetings and get to the football side of it. These workouts and all that, look, the, the trading said it the other night. I mean, this is, you know, they're putting money in the bank right now. You go deposit it in the season. And that's what this, that's what this part of the season is. You've got to put in the work now. And for Florida, a lot of work, a lot of work to bounce back from last year, go from the depths of everything that happened last year, the bad season, the bad record, your head coach getting fired, your assistants getting fired. Guys that you thought would be here your whole career. You've got to go through that now. Florida's got a, you know, this team's got a long way to go uh, there, but build the foundation now. Hopefully every everything takes place. And as Trey Dean said, build it all up right now. Cash that check in the season. All right. One bit of news. And I think we all kind of figured this, but we wanted to hear it from Billy Napier himself. The defensive side of the ball. Who's going to be calling plays? Well, we know there's co-DCs. But it could be Patrick Tony calling the plays there. Uh, Spence there on, along the defensive line. Sean Spence, he'll be, he'll be involved, building Napier said, but it will be defensive coordinator or co-DC, Patrick Tony coming up from Louisiana at Ron Roberts Tree right there. And rave reviews for Patrick Tony, the young up-and-comer at defensive coordinator. Billy Napier trusts him a lot. That, that's probably – the first assistant he knew he was going to bring from Louisiana 
all the way to Florida. He wouldn't go be at Louisiana long. He was going to get a he was going to get a big time job anyway. Probably a defensive coordinator somewhere. Uh, I know what was it Texas Tech? I think was coming along and, and maybe trying to poach him. Um, so he would probably not at Louisiana long. But it was not going to be long before we saw him at some other big SEC power, more than likely on the defensive side of the ball. Now he's coming with Florida. Hopefully, I'm, I'm going to say this in a good way. Hopefully, he's not at Florida long because I think. I think that highly of him that I think he can and we'll get into we'll get into his scheme and all that kind of stuff coming up in the next few weeks of Gators breakdown. But from everything that I can gather, from asking around, looking at tweets from you know, people who've been involved in college football, he's a real rising star in the business. And he probably won't be at Florida Long because he's probably gonna get a head coaching job somewhere down the line. And hopefully hopefully you know, three, four years down the road. <laughs> but if he's got the kind of success that a lot of people are predicting him to have, now look, a lot of Florida talent will come into this too, how, Florida, how fast can Florida you know, kind of turn the talent around on defense. That'll come into play too. But hopefully three, four good, great years of Patrick Tony, and he, hopefully he is a head coach somewhere in three or four years because that means he's had a lot of success here at Florida, and that's what we want to see. You know, coaching turnover, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> at times uh, if you're having a lot of success it's a blessing because that means you're having a lot of success based on those guys so they're going out there and getting jobs i think patrick tony is going to be one of those guys we're looking at three four years and say okay and there we go <laughs> we knew what we were getting in him uh and he's going to go get a job there but the news coming out today co-dc patrick tony will be calling the plays for the gators on defense all right, before we get to the rest of this episode, your team might have missed a big game this year, but MyBookie's double deposit bonus Make sure you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now. Use promo code GATORS to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in on all the action of Super Bowl 56. The only way watching the biggest game of the year could get any better is for you to get paid doing it, and MyBookie gives you everything you need to do it. With double your money, you can double your winnings, and the best starting point for the big game is with Super Bowl prop bets. Whether it's on or off the field, there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl. So get in on the action, let the confetti fall, and walk away a winner. Don't miss out. Head to MyBookie, double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code GATORS. Place your bets, get ready for the unmatched excitement of the Super Bowl. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with my book. All right. So if you've listened to Gators Breakdown Plus recently, um, and you remember there, I did uh, a, a, um, an exclusive Gators Breakdown Plus member episode, and that was on the heels of Arliss Boardingham committing to the Gators. So you got my feedback there. You got my outlook there of Arliss Boardingham. But, uh, you know, it was a week after National Signing Day uh, on Wednesday when he finally committed to the Gators over Oregon. Uh, but Billy Napier was asked about. Arliss today uh, and what he brings to the table and what kind of player he can be for the Gators. Arliss is a unique athlete. You know, if you watch the tape closely, he's really playing receiver. He's playing inside backer and outside backer. You know, he was 6'3 and a quarter, 235 on the visit and really has some growth potential. This is a, a track athlete, around 11, 400 meters last year as a junior at that size. Uh, and certainly is, you know, I think going to run even better than that this spring. So, guys, get, you know, he, he can go run the full route tree as a receiver when you watch the tape. 
uh, and he has some play strength and physicality on defense. So I think my experience would say that those equate to a mismatch type of player uh, that we'll be able to use in a lot of different ways on offense. So he's a very intelligent kid. Uh, his mom and dad are impressive people. You know, obviously dad's a track coach. Mom's very accomplished in her profession. So um, we were very fortunate to add Arliss to our team. There we go. Arliss Boardingham commits, signs with the Gators. To round out this 2022 Gator recruiting class, as you see it right here on the 24-7 sports composite, he is a three-star rated at 492 overall, 31 the 31st ranked athlete also a three-star on the on three consensus rated 542 there 19th ranked athlete they got him listed as a tight end as you see on the graphic there uh, if you're watching the youtube version but as you just heard billy napier say he can run every route tree he can run every route in the route tree as a wide receiver so he is going to be used in a multitude of ways he's going to be moved around creating some mismatches there coming all the way from the west coast uh, there from California. That relationship with Kerry Colbert pays off on the West Coast. Uh, and like I said, we, we know the the um, the outlook for moving forward in recruiting, going and getting those in-state guys, the top-ranked in-state guys. That will be, be a big theme on Gators Breakdown next week. We'll take a look at that 2023 class. But to round out this 2022 class, Gators go out of state, go to California, get – you know that one of those relationships paid off. One of those West Coast relationships paid off. Colbert out there um, recruiting Boardingham while he's out there at USC, but brings him in uh, here. And you know, his varied um, thoughts on on Boardingham. If you look at the recruiting rankings, I believe it was twenty four seven and ESPN who had him a four star, if I remember right, uh, and then. Uh, rivals and maybe on three had him at the three star either way uh it's two of them had him a four star two of them had him a three star there's where you kind of get your up and down uh thoughts there of uh, of our of arliss boardingham but him coming in as the gators will round out that 2022 class as a mismatch right there for the gators all right some uh other things i wanted to get into here uh on this episode of gators breakdown see if i can get this graphic in here i didn't uh uh, bring it in, but um, ESPN and their SP plus rankings uh, was something I thought was pretty interesting. And then they looked up uh, returning production. Uh, that was a big part of it. And that w- plays into ESPN's SP plus rankings. So um, their SP plus rankings, it garners, it brings all together. It, it brings together returning production, recent recruiting and recent history. Uh, so they did a big feature on returning production. You know, what are you bringing back uh, for your team this year? And the Gators for ESPN SP Plus, Bill Connolly does a really, really good job of that. I was I was pretty glad when ESPN got him. ESPN, you know, for <laughs> their, their college football coverage, their live football coverage, great, all that stuff. Some everything outside of that sometimes pretty questionable. Uh, their ESPN when they got a hold of Bill Connolly, I was like, okay, good. They're, they've gotten somebody who uh, has done some analytical analytical work here um, that you know we're big fans of, uh, of course. Of course, it matters what you do on the field, but there's other ways to look at it right here too. So ESPN returning production, they have Florida as the 62nd ranked team out there for returning production, 65% on offense. That ranks 46th in the country. 
Um, no matter, it, overall is 65%. I'm sorry. Florida was ranked 62nd at 65% overall returning production. Offense, 72% of the offense returns. That was good for 46 in the country. Defense returns 58% of its production, ranking 99th in the country. So here's how they currently weigh that. Percent of returning wide receiver tight end, that accounts for 37% of the overall number. Four wide receivers and a tight end. 37% of the overall number. Percent of returning quarterback passing yards, 29%. So Florida ranked in the top half of returning production on offense, but a lot of that is based on a quarterback, Emory Jones, who is responsible for a lot of the passing yards, who probably won't be the starter. So you probably will peg Florida down a bit. And Anthony Richardson did get a lot of stats too. That's who the projected starter is going to be. So Florida will probably wouldn't drop as far as you think they would. But a lot of this is probably based on Emory Jones and the stats he put up last year. So you probably would drop Florida a bit in quote unquote returning, or maybe not, you know, with Anthony Richardson getting a lot of playing time. We know that. Uh, so if a lot of people don't know about Florida, they just look at this number. Um, they won't really get the full story. But we know what's going on there at the quarterback position. So, you know, we, we can kind of weigh that different ourselves uh, right there. But you go back to wide receiver tight end, you lose your leading receiver, Jacob Copeland. So, of course, that's going to factor in. Justin Shorter, those stats went too far behind, honestly. But you do lose your leading receiver. So, of course, that's going to bring it back down a bit. Percent of returning online snaps, uh, that rate's, that's 28% of the grade. So, for Florida, Gene DeLance, Stuart Reese, gone. So, but you bring in Osiris Torrance. So they do, they do factor in transfers a bit uh, as well. And then percent of returning running back rushing yards only accounts for 6% of the overall grade there for Florida, but Florida did lose Malik Davis, Damian Pierce. So there you go. That's how they look at offense. Uh, so 29% for the quarterback, 9% for each of the four wide receivers and tight end, and 6% for running backs and each offensive lineman. They say it's a bit trickier on defense. Units aren't quite as strictly defined, and the percentage of returning production is derived from both position units and types of stats, tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, passes defended. So the approximate layout for defense, percent of returning tacklers, 59%. Florida lost a lot right there. Mamou Diabate, Tyron Hopper. So 59% of the overall defense grade is re- is – relying on returning tackles. When you lose those, when you lose your leading tackler, Mamou Diabate, Zach Carter up front, Tyron Harper, who came on at the end of the year, okay, that's going to that's gonna factor in to Florida ranking 99th on returning production on defense. Percent of returning passes defense, that accounts for 28% of the grade. Okay, you read them. <laughs> you're, you're number one DB off to the NFL. So, of course, that's going to factor in. Another reason Florida's ranked 99th in overall uh, returning production on defense. Percent of returning tackles for loss, 8%. Percent of returning sacks, 5%. Another, you know, only 5%, but Zach Carter was up there leading the team in sacks up there with Brenton Cox. So, you know, there you go. That goes up uh, part of the reason why, you know, Florida's defense was really penalized here for returning production. Your leading tackle is gone. Uh, Zachary Carter, who played a big role up front, Tyron Hopper, uh, so you, you lose those type of guys on defense. You can see why Florida, the way they bring back a lot too, 
you know, played a, not, a lot of numbers at linebacker. You know, that doesn't really account for Ventrell Miller either. Uh, so, you have to say, we kind of – I did want to look at that because we can cre- kind of create our storylines of, well, at least on defense, if Ventrell Miller comes back, okay, well, that number will shift a bit. Uh, Riven, he brings a lot of experience uh, to the table uh, right there for the defense. Brenton Cox comes back, so that helps as well uh, there. But, you know, them – of course, they're not going to go back and count anything for Brenton Cox. I mean, Ventrell Miller, because he didn't play last year. So there's a couple ways to look at that returning production. You know, they're not going to count Ventrell Miller, but we can. We know it uh, and how much he'll probably play. So I think that plays uh, a bit into it and when you want to look at that. So, all right, that um, goes into ESPN's overall S&P rankings for 2022. And I'll throw them up there for you. But we've already looked at Florida and the way too early preseason polls. This is a little different uh, of, of what they do here uh, for the S&P or S&P Plus. There's your top teams. But returning production, we just went over that. Uh, that plays a part in it. Recent recruiting and recent history. All three of those play a part right here in the S&P projections for 2022. So, reminder for the SP Plus, it's a tempo and opponent-adjusted measure of college football efficiency. It is a predictive measure of the most sustainable and predictable aspects of football. It's not a resume ranking and not along those same lines. These projections aren't intended to be a guess at, say, the AP Top 25. These are simply early off-season power rankings based on information we have been able to gather to date. So there you go. Florida at number 18. Number 18. That's about, you know, as far as, as I said, we go back to the early rankings, way too early rankings that were put out right after the national championship game. You know, Florida was only ranked in a poll or two, at like 22nd and 25th. Or right here, taking returning production. Taking recent recruiting, take it recent history into account. ESPN SP Plus has Florida ranked 18th. Ohio State number one, no surprise there with everything we saw on offense from that team last year, bringing a bunch of that back. Georgia number two, the reason coming off of a national championship there. Alabama three, Michigan four, Clemson five, Texas AM six, Oklahoma seven, Notre Dame eight. Probably the first surprise right here, Tennessee number nine. Taking in, returning production, recent recruiting, recent history. All right. Returning production, I might give that to you, Hendon Hooker. Pretty good quarterback. Recent recruiting, okay. It's been okay, but not great for Tennessee. Recent history, okay, not really all that great either. I think you factor all three of those in. That's a little high for Tennessee uh, there. So I think um, – our first surprise when <laughs> looking at that is Tennessee at nine. Uh, but there you go. I mean, Georgia, Texas A&M at six, Tennessee at nine. There's three of Florida opponents right there in the top ten. Another surprise. Maybe Wisconsin a little high. Cincinnati with everything they lost, only dropping down to 11th. But Mississippi State, number 12. Woo. Man, a lot of belief there in Mike Leach, but. I mean, returning production, okay. Recent recruiting, uh, you won't write home about that. Recent history, okay there at Mississippi State as well. Uh, but there you go. 
Number 12, Mississippi State. Pittsburgh, pick it gone, but still 13th right there. Florida's first opponent of the season, Utah, ranks 14th in, in this regard to SP+. So there you go, for the top 14 Gator opponents right there. NC State number 15, Penn State 16, Michigan State 17, Florida 18, Minnesota 19, and Miami at 20. So there's your S&P or SP Plus. I think it used to be called S&P, or maybe, maybe I'm misremembering that. But SP Plus is what they call it now uh, there on ESPN. So interesting uh, there how they, how they measure all that. But um, you see – Pretty good bit of Gator opponents right there. Kentucky came in at 21. Uh, Florida State was 24. So add two more just in the top 25. But, you know, kind of a – it's kind of a power rating in, in, in a way, but um, not a predictable uh, – it's not uh, – it's a predictive measure, the most sustainable and predictable aspects of football. So there you go. There you go. I thought it was a just neat look, kind of was one more, you know, t- kind of taking the human element out of it for those way too early rankings. What's, what, what do analytics say? And analytics pretty high on Florida right there. So hopefully it plays out that way. Average SP plus rating by conference, the SEC was number one. Big 10 was two, ACC three, Big 12 four, Pac 12 five, AAC six. It's a pretty good little storyline right there to keep, uh, keep looking at. But there we go. Gators going from phase one to phase two, getting closer to spring football. Have some actual football to talk about. But if you haven't uh, done so yet, recent episodes of Gators Breakdown, there's a lot of content out there for you. <laughs> um, recent Gator Collective episode with the CEO, Eddie Rojas. You get to learn more about the Gator Collective out there, hear more from Trey Dean, Justin Shorter, Keon Zipperer for the Gator Collective Twitter spaces. I gave a great preview of that. You can listen to the whole episode uh, by becoming a Gator Collective member out there, of course. Remember, Bill Sykes was on earlier this week, taking a look at the Florida roster, recent recruiting trends, the – Oh, so ugly look on offensive line <laughs> where Florida's definitely got to get better. So there we go. Somebody riding a motorcycle outside. Um, but yeah, plenty. Gators Breakdown Plus as well as you get to see top targets for the 2023 class and my wish list based off of those targets. Uh, as to some of the questions I was asked right there on Gators Breakdown Plus to go over for the 2023 class. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thanks for joining me right here. However you however you consume Gators Breakdown, either live on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Even if it's not live, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. Or out there on the podcast version. Everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of Gators Breakdown. 